Welcome to Survivor Cast International. I'm Cody. I'm Jacqueline. And today on the pod, we're going back across the pond for our Survivor UK Redux recap series. Some might say our Survivor UK 2.0 coverage. To Survivor UK with love from Survivor Cast International. This is our Valentine's Day episode. Now, I will say, if you are an old-time listener... Some of the takes we may have might be reminiscent of those takes from back in the day when... Last June, if you will. We covered this not too fruition. To fruition? Yeah, you know. (laughs) Um, Yes, we have dabbled in Survivor UK before. We did not complete season one. It's when it's towards the end of phase one of our podcast when we took a sabbatical after summer ended. Towards the end, we were doing watch alongs and doing real shoddy coverage of it. So we've decided, and it's been literally since last June since we've done a UK episode, decided just to start over. We might have some repeating takes, but I think there's new ground to be covered. Back on Pulau Tiga. <laughs> so we better pull up and pull out of Tiga. We've got to go back. <laughs> we got to go back to the island, Kate. Lost reference when he's yelling about going back to the island. Something else horrible. Jackie, imagine if you will. It is. Imagine if you will. <laughs> it's May. 2001. S Club 7's Don't Stop Moving is the number one single in the UK. The Mummy Returns is lighting up the UK box office. We're months away from the September 11th terror attacks. <laughs> A little show called Survivor has debuted in the US. Uh, The government is relaxing its sanctions to tackle foot and mouth disease after two months. Uh, Let's see what else is going on. The House of Commons removes disqualifications for clergy and standing for election as members of parliament. Medication prices are falling as a result of a court ruling putting an end to industry price fixing. The UEFA Cup. Liverpool has won the UAF Cup for the first time in 17 years. And Survivor UK is premiering on the tele- on the telly. You've got your cup of tea, your cuppa, and there's a crazy new show on the telly. Was life better back then? I mean, I know you're a big S Club 7 fan. I am. Don't stop moving. Do you remember what you were doing in May 2001? Any idea? No. no. I was 10. So what was I doing when I was 10? What Ooh. grade are you in? Fifth grade? Hmm. I don't know. Being a little punk? 
Yeah, that sounds about right. Getting ready for summer. Little American punk. Probably swimming a lot. Yeah. Well, that's what was going on in the UK. And eight men and eight women were headed off to Pulau Tiga for the adventure of a lifetime. And we're going to start this adventure bright and early at 6.15 on day one. Day one. I need to real quick. Are, of course, this season hosted by... Uh, hosted by Mark Austin. Yes. Good old Marky. Remember Mark Austin? I think we were too hard on Mark initially. I, he does okay in this first episode. I'm a big fan of Marky Mark right now. Marky Mark? Mm-hmm. And the Funky Bunch? I mean... The castaways being the Funky they Bunch? They probably do smell pretty funky. He has, like, <laughs> really hard, like, I'm presenting a documentary vibes in this Very episode. Very much. We're going to the wilds of Africa, is uh, kind of the vibe he gives. Before we jump into the episode, I just want to remind everyone that this podcast episode is sponsored by McLean's Toothpaste. And don't forget to hit the interactive red button on your podcasting remote for a special interactive feature. Cody takes off his top. <laughs> Only I get to enjoy. So eight men, eight women. We start off in Borneo. And we're hopping on a boat where you don't get to talk to each other. How do you feel about this boat? It looks like a legit pirate ship. It the... does. It's so funny. Also, how far of a boat ride is it from Borneo to Palautiga? I don't. I have no idea. Real curious how long they're on that boat for. Because, yeah, like you said, they're not allowed to interact with one another. You've got, like, real throwback, classic start to Survivor going on. I love it. Um. They're going to be there for 40 days and 40 nights, pulling a Jesus in the desert type situation. Mm, isn't it going to rain for 40 days and 40 nights? Isn't no, that the he, Noah? No, no, no. Jesus was in the desert. Or that's why Lent is 40 oh, days long. Okay. Um, How long was Noah on the ark? I think undetermined. Okay. Long enough to flood the entire earth, I guess. Cool. Hashtag Bible talk. Maybe that was also 40 days. Maybe God liked the number 40. But U.S. Survivor is 39, correct? Yes. So one more day. We are going to take a journey that very well could change their lives. They get a thousand pounds cash. Hundred thousand pounds. Is it a hundred? A million. A, a million. million. Yeah. A million pounds. <laughs> a they definitely don't just get a thousand bucks. <laughs> this is 2001 we're talking about. A thousand pounds is a lot of money. But a million pounds is a lot of money back in 2001, isn't it? Well, yeah. Um, they specify cash as well, which is funny to me. Does that mean that taxes don't get taken out of it? One million pounds cash. Hmm. I'm doing kind of like an Australian accent. And then is it all coins? Do they give you like a million one pound coins that just like weigh you down for the rest of your life. I don't think there's a, a million pound coin. I don't know much no. about British currency. Oh, one, million one pound. One million. I see. One pound coins. I see. I see. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. Um, Two tribes. Yes, they're in the South China Sea, which is where Pulau Tiga is located. Um, And yeah, they're given two minutes at the start once they're near the island to get everything off the boat onto a raft that's approximately three miles or an hour paddle from their trek we haven't watched spot. the most recent survivor u.s 
but we are watching Australia and they just don't do this at the beginning of seasons anymore. No. I mean, like, they're there. It's like you don't see anyone being handcuffed and kidnapped. <laughs> no. You don't see anyone having to swim or by themselves. The frantic grabbing of supplies and then yeah. I mean, usually it's like, let's start, we're on a beach and we're going to divide people into their tribes. And exactly. we don't see that happen here. They're pre-divided. But I like the mad dash for supplies. Me too. It's really fun. I think it really plays out to like let you let a tribe do better than another, which is fun to see. Yeah. It opens a door for early mistakes. Like I will get to it. I have it written down, but someone leaves the machete on the boat and that maybe proves to be a mistake. But yes, they they're they are of course given uh some fruit, some rice, and corned beef. Yum. So they are given some supplies to start with. Interesting that it's corned beef. Yeah, I feel like that's very British, and it's very, like, canned beef is probably going to be corned, right? Because it's, like, preserved or something? Yeah, I guess. Salted? Kind of like jerky, maybe? Yeah. Although I think more like, um, not like a Reuben. A Reuben is corned beef, but, like, uh, like breakfast, like, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, like hashing corned beef type Mm -hmm. stuff. Mm Mm-mm. Okay. Should we meet um, the tribes? Yes, we have Blue or Ula, which is the snake tribe. Yes. And we have Red, the eagle tribe, Halong. Yes. Who should we meet first, Blue or Red? Let's go opposite of the show and start with the eagle tribe. Kaka. Halong starts with Adrian, who brought his soap. He's 22 and he's a barrister, which I believe is like an English lawyer. Clerk. Oi, I'm a barrister clerk, I am. <laughs> yes. Uh little baby, twenty-two years old. Little twenty-two year old baby. Um, could not tell you who he is thinking back on the episode, so he must not have stood out very much. Let's not, I know we did this last time. I know. We gotta talk about these fucking not because I feel like more so than other survivors, they really make a point to let you know their like specialty item. Well, I feel like they don't always allow them to bring a specialty item. Yeah. Soap, so, is, soap is pretty good. Do we want to not even go through the players, but just the specialty items? What? I don't know. We don't want to... We totally want to name the Why would just name... Okay, one person brought soap and not say who that person <laughs> is? Why, why would... I don't, I don't understand that. Because I'm weird. Um, next, we have Uzma. Who's 30. And brought tweezers. And she works in a children's nursery. Which makes me think like a daycare, right? That's yeah. like equivalent to our daycare system. Most definitely. Coolio. Tweezers are something that I suppose you'll be happy you have them if you need them. You can probably find a million uses for tweezers. Oh, absolutely. Like, thinking about, like, getting splinters on this island and how bad of a, like, pain in the butt that would be. Yeah. I think they'll be helpful. You catch a little tiny crab and want to pull its little tiny meat out. Ow. Um, Is that Al from the crab's perspective? Yes, I did. We've got Simon with the razor. He's 35 in sales. Sales manager. Ooh, he's managing those sales. I think a razor's a dumb thing to bring. I completely agree. Razor is maybe the stupidest thing. It's up there. Because it's like you're going to fucking shave and you're going to dry shave. And like even if you... You can't use it as like... It's not like a knife where you can use it to cut things or like... Even if it has its handle, its full attachment, it's useless for that. And if it doesn't, you're just going to hurt yourself. Absolutely. Uh, JJ? 
Also brought a razor, stupid. 37, dumb. and he's a PA, which public assistant. Is JJ a man or a woman? JJ, I think, is a woman. JJ is a woman. Okay. <laughs> so razor, really silly to bring. Really silly. We got. Well, what is a PA? What is a PA? I don't know. I have no idea. Like personal, a public assistant? Personal attorney? I don't know. Uh, Panini artist? Oh. Pancake ass? Does JJ have a flat ass? <laughs> I don't know. I need to look at JJ's ass. What about a pinching? Autistic? Uh, Arith- <laughs> <laughs> aristocrat. Oh, pinching aristocrat. Yes. They do like to be oh, greedy. Hello, hello. I was thinking like pinching pennies. Oh, like I was donating. pinching your cheek. But maybe there's someone's grandma and also pinches cheeks. Yes. There we go. Uh, James. 40. Brought a mirror. Boo. You don't want to see what you look like. I'm like, what do you think? You're going to fucking start a fire with your mirror? Get at it. Wake up, James. Wake up, little children. He's a property developer. So, you know, he's like a real villain type. Hopefully he can help them build. Jane, who is a massage therapist and brought a brush. Little hairbrush. She's 47. How do you feel about the hairbrush? I again, I think it's like a kind of a stupid vanity item. Use your fingers. Works yeah, the same or way. don't brush your hair. Yeah. Oi, I'm gonna be on telly. I am, <laughs> Kappa. Um. Yeah. This tribe, except for except okay, for Adrian. Yeah, are pretty old. I think even just I think the median age overall is probably a little bit higher than we're gonna see on more recent seasons of Survivor. I agree. Uh, Andy. He's 41, bringing a toothbrush, and he's a pilot. Yes, I I like the toothbrush. Toothbrush, I think, is a good call. Even if you don't have toothpaste, you're going to be able to just get that gunk out of your mouth. You're going to feel 10 times better. 100%. Sometimes you just feel so gross without brushing your teeth. Absolutely. Especially after 40 days. Mm -hmm. And then Charlotte. 24. Another little baby who's a constable, which for uh, all of us American folk, that means a cop. Ooh. Um, and she's brought a game of Twister. Does this come up? Do we do they play a game of Twister? I don't think we've seen it yet. Not this episode. We didn't. See I know it. not this episode, but do you remember on our previous? If we go back in time, not all the way back to two thousand one, but back to last June. I don't think I remember in the first four episodes them playing Twister. What the fuck? Why but maybe you... it'll come up like a bonding exercise or like something to do. I don't know, Charlotte. I don't know. Kind of creepy. Let's hop over to Ula. 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 We got Pete, who's thirty. He's he a loser a who brought a Bible. <laughs> He's a model and an actor. Double loser. Talk about an actor. Oh, better pretend I believe in God, Kappa. <laughs> um, Zoe or Zoe, 20, one of the two. I think it's Zoe. 29. She, I think I have it later in my notes, so I'll probably bring it up then. But I think she's the one with the really interesting face. Ooh. Look out. She has a very British, interesting face. Look out for that face. Look out for that face. She's a bar worker. And she also brought a toothbrush. Gotta get those teeth clean. Richard is 33. He brought nail clippers, and he's a clinical psychologist. Nail clippers are smart. Can cut things with it, and, like, you you having long nails or broken nails could, like, cause issues. Absolutely. It's, again, it's kind of like the tweezer where you can probably find a bunch of uses for it. Whether it's super practical, I don't know. But if you're if you want it, 
if you need it, you'll be so happy you have it. Absolutely. And you can borrow it to people probably and like ingratiate yourself. That's what I was going to. So I was going to bring this up at the very end, but I'll bring it up now because you're talking about sharing. How would you feel if someone asked to borrow your toothbrush? You're on this game. You brought a toothbrush as your luxury item. I believe if I count the people up, we've okay, got one, great... two, three, four toothbrushes between all the peeps. This is a great question because it's Valentine's Day and I want to go even broader and I want to get your and the listeners views on relationship toothbrush sharing. Yes. We all remember the classic Seinfeld episode where Jerry is so skeeved out that his partner has used his toothbrush that he like throws her toothbrush into the toilet and then she uses it or something. I don't know. Something happens. Um, I would definitely not let anyone else use my <laughs> fucking toothbrush. A thousand percent no. And if they asked me, I would try to turn them into a pariah and immediately get them voted off the tribe. Oh, damn. So it would be like Oi, hardcore. This, this dirty wanker asked to use my toothbrush. <laughs> I never seen anything like it. Not even on the telly, copper. Jesus Christ. That's exactly what I'd say. I'd love if he were like Sandra in the most recent season of Australia coming in as an uh, American and trying to talk British to all these people and they would just like My slap game plan you in the is face. I'm going to pretend to be British and <laughs> see if anyone notices. Slip into my classic Cockney accent. <laughs> if someone were to ask you if they could borrow your luxury toothbrush item, would you let them? And does their gender or age matter? I was going to say, if I had, like, a best friend who was also a lady that, like, we had gotten really close and, like, she, like, maybe. 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 Um, but not just anybody. What if, okay, you think you're about to be voted off. And, I would leave it to someone for sure. Or, if like. If they want it. You think, oh, I'm about to be voted off. And Steve, he's kind of nasty. He's old. And his breath always smells like sausages. And you know what type of sausages I'm talking about. The, the, the type that have been in some gross places. God. But it's like, shit, I'm going to be voted out tonight. I know I'm on the outs. And he has to use your toothbrush. Maybe I could float a couple of votes your way if me toothies were brushed. Would you then let him use it? he's blackmailing you for toothbrush access to not vote you out no i might go tell everyone that he did that though oh wait, this dirty wanker tried to use me toothbrush he did <laughs> and he said he'd vote us all out if not vote us all out he said he'd vote us all out tonight <laughs> he has a super vote machine he's gonna write everyone's name on the ballot he is and they'll let him do it they will okay it comes with the territory um also now you know, we're in a relationship. Mm-hmm. We're married. We are. We've been together almost 10 years. Which is something different from the last time we recorded this. The whole, mm. like, being married thing. So We've learned so how to commit. Know. So now you know we're going to stick with it this time. Yes. We've never really shared toothbrushes. No. I think it's gross. However, if we were, like, spending the night somewhere and one of us forgot our toothbrush, I would, of course, let you use my toothbrush. Likewise. But... Let's say, nightmare scenario, I die of a heart attack tonight. Oh, my heart would Years go on, your heart mends, you find a new lover. It's his first time at your place. You've kissed, you've been intimate, 
He's going to spend the night, doesn't have a toothbrush. Do you let him use your toothbrush? You've dated, I don't know, three months. No, you just run to Target and get him a new toothbrush. He doesn't want to go to Target. He's insistent. Just let me use yours, babe. Come on, babe. Let me use yours. I got a nasty taste of nicotine breath. He chews tobacco. Oh, well, I would never date him for one. <laughs> if I was in that scenario, I would I would brush my teeth first. I would let him use my toothbrush. I would throw it away the next oh. morning and then dump him after he left. You sound like a Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> you sound like a Jerry. So I think what happened in Seinfeld is he drops, he brushes his teeth. He drops his toothbrush into the toilet. And then he's called away. Before he can throw it away. And then the girlfriend uses his toothbrush. Oh, you don't mind, right? So he's both grossed up by the fact that she's used his toothbrush. And that but now it was, a it was in the toilet. Gross. And he can't kiss her. I mean, ever again? No, I mean, Jerry's he's never going to kiss he's her. He's a germaphobe. He's a classic uh, germaphobe. Well, I mean, if you're a germaphobe, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we get a little Seinfeld. We'll get a little Seinfeld talking each time we do a UK episode too. <laughs> that makes zero sense. It's what uh, the fans <laughs> are asking for. I so. wish. Um, and it did tell us where everyone was from. Now, are the they UK. all? But yeah, like, is it no one from Scotland or Ireland? That's mm. my question. Is it like only people from? But at that point, Scotland and was part of the UK. Yeah. Also, Northern Ireland and Wales are all part of the uk with england so i'm just curious hmm. because i don't know like town names in the uk primarily that, okay so yeah. that when so they, like, like i knew manchester right and or bullshit. london yeah and shit like that but like if they were to name some irish city i don't i feel like maybe not but i can't say for sure um can you let us know where in the uk are these people from and just tell me like england wales scotland northern ireland like i can't have more specific than that please. sure sure <laughs> so moving along through the ula tribe we the... also have oh god eve I forgot who's that we 33 and is a project manager broader toothbrush yes jackie your uk doppelganger she is an airline purchaser she's 31 and she brought a book what's the title of that book is this no, I can't remember if it's Jackie. I think we criticized her for bringing a book. I think that's stupid. It's a great idea to bring a book. Is it too much of a like insular thing? Outside activity. You're going to go read and not inter socialize with your tribe mates. Or, hey, everyone, I'm going to read aloud the 20 minutes before <laughs> we go to bed every night. So let's like as a tribe make it through this book. God. Really fucking wish Jackie would stop trying to read the Da Vinci Code to me <laughs> every night before bed. Yeah, What's well, like the most the big populist book of two thousand one? Or have it be like an optional campfire activity every night? Like, hey, anyone who wants to join for story time, come on over to the campfire for the next thirty minutes. Like, I think it'd be a joy. Maybe, maybe it's a that's not a crazy idea. I think. I mean, better than fucking Twister. Rather right. read you a motherfucking story than play goddamn Twister with you, I'll I tell you that. I completely agree. We've got Nick, who's 38, also brought a razor, and he's a drug manager. He's a drug mule? He's what did you just mule. say? He's he, got tiny So Nick little... was the one who had sausages up his ass because he's a drug, drug mule who's filled with used cocaine to it? Oh, no, heroin. he's too high up the chain. 
So that's why he enlisted fucking Mick. Yes. Um, but we'll get to that later. Um, we have Sarah. 33. Model. Brought liquid soap. How do you feel about liquid versus solid soap? Because someone's brought solid soap, Adrian, from the other tribe, and then this is liquid soap. I feel like if you bring solid soap, you're going to be, like, rubbing it on your body. And although, oh, it's soap, really, you know, maybe you should be able to all use it without anyone being grossed out. People won't want to. But with liquid soap, you can wash your hands easy. Very shareable. Extremely shareable. Also, where are you going to put that solid soap when you're not using it? Yeah. In the sand, on the dirt, in a t-shirt. Like, what are you going to do with it? Yeah, hopefully you can find a spot. And I mean, you can always, like, kind of, like, wipe it off and it won't be a big deal. Especially sitting in the sand. But not ideal. Yes. And then Um, last but not least, star of the episode. Papa Mickey. Papa Mick. 55, the oldest player. Retired constable. No, he said policeman. Yeah, and he brought a toothbrush. <laughs> That's not all he brought. Yes. We'll, the Like you said, they were dropped three nautical miles from camp. And in order to win, they must survive the vote, survive the island, <laughs> survive each other. I think you jumped ahead. I, don't, I, have, I definitely have, I have that a ton of in notes my notes before somewhere before that. But it's like, I think that's when he's like, at every tribal, there are three constants. But like, no, no, no. No, this is something different. I know he says that later. Okay. But he also, you know, in order to be a winner, they must. He says that at the head of the episode, too. Okay. Right before they talk about how, like, the island's protected and you can't cut anything down. Yeah, this really, apparently, because I think they're on the island that season one of U.S. Survivors also filmed on. Yes. One of our listeners has been to this island, but there is this interesting thing where, yeah, you can't cut the island's natural flora and fauna. So you're given building supplies and you also have to like build between two flags. It kind of seems like Mm -hmm. nothing that's explicitly stated, but it's alluded to through dialogue. With how much direct to camera conversation there is, I'm really surprised at the things that they're not telling us. Right. Really just like, what the fuck? There's like a five-hour cut of this episode (laughs) where it's just like a full-on documentary. I would love that. They should release it. Well, should we take a quick pause and then jump back in to... to... our tribes? Yeah. I love it. We'll see you here in a minute. Can I give you some quick British trivia quick? Before? Or I think that would be a more fun comeback thing. Okay. I mean, unless you really want to. I found out today that Daniel Radcliffe, his stunt double on the Harry Potter movies. He had a stunt double on the Harry Potter movies? Well, I mean, most actors have stunt doubles. Okay. Just for, like, the physical things he has to do. There's probably a lot of, like, wire work and shit with magic movies, right? Okay, that makes sense. While filming, at the very start of filming for Deathly Hollows Part 1, so Part 1 of the last movie. Yeah. Had an accident paralyzed from the chest down now his stunt double yeah fuck how much is his paycheck i don't know dog i hope that daniel radcliffe is that who yeah i hope he like made this man very comfortable with his life they had a podcast together where they interviewed stunt people in hollywood that went for quite some time has like a lot of episodes so i wonder if daniel radcliffe has like done the work to like make it right okay cool that's good hashtag british trivia (laughs) hashtag don't do over your double Ooh. oh well we'll see you in a minute
Welcome back to Survivor Cast International, Survivor UK. Imagine if you will, it's May 2001, Jackie, and REM's Reveal is the number one album in the UK. That's interesting. Mm. Now defunct band, REM. Love it. I will say, Cody... You've brought quite a different energy to this hmm. uh, this episode, and I may say that I liked your intro to this episode maybe a little bit more than without music and as like you came in with to Sir with love and were a little gentler. Yeah, you know, and it was I, really pleasant and really just like heartwarming. I'm not going to bring that energy on anything but the UK episodes, but there are gentler people across the pond. They don't need that brash American deep throated announcer voice I sometimes use. And it's our love letter to the UK and our UK listeners and Survivor UK. Well, I fucking love it. So a little gentle. I mean, that S Club 7 album or song is a fairly gentle pop song. It's poppy, but it's not like a rock song or anything. Uh, the Mummy Returns is like a family movie, and that R.E.M. <laughs> album is pretty gentle. Gentle times pre 9/11, and oh, around you know around the world. If only we could return to pre gentle times. It's really hard not to fixate on the fact that this came out in 2001. You only think of 9/11, right? It's the the immediate thought, but a little bit. It's crazy that this came out in a world before that happened. I don't think I've ever noticed how animated your mouth is when you talk either. Okay, that's not good. Nice to look at. Okay. <laughs> okay, sorry. Yep, and back to it. Hopping back into it. Do you want to talk about Halong or Ula? Let's start with Ula. Ula, Ula. The main thing is that Nick really starts to take charge. And at the beginning part of the episode, it feels like his tribe is into that, that they're totally on board with Nick. It, most of them, at least. Some of them are... May I even say relieved at him taking the charge? Mick specifically is like, oh, he's the most obvious leader in it. And uh, Richard is the only one who's kind of like, oh, you know, he kind of took over the show. He's a little bit snarky, not fully snarky, but, you know, reveals his cards a little bit. Jackie's just sick. Not necessarily sick of Nick, but actually sick. Yeah, just throwing up. You think like, okay, super long boat ride. You're in the heat. Maybe not the cleanest of water. You're used to that like overcast, rainy Europe, UK London. Happiness. You haven't had fish and chips or a, a spot of tea in hours. Hmm. It's Couldn't way past it. second breakfast. Jesus fucking Christ. You're miles from the Shire. Oh, I know. I'm getting European people and hobbits mixed up again. Oh, God. <laughs> um okay how and do you then, feel about this about nick really just taking over i mean do you feel like it's a good move on his part i mean it's never a good move to take over right it's never a good move to like be the leader it's funny that we're in such early days of not just the season but the show itself that maybe some of those tropes of like i'm not going to take up the leadership mantle some type a personalities and current survivor would, you know, purposely push against that urge, not wanting to have that bullseye on them. Some of those tropes haven't been established. 
So he might not even be thinking about that. I think there's a really tactful way to be leader. There's a way to like take others' ideas and steer them towards yours. Yeah. In a way that doesn't feel super leaderish. And that's not at all what Nick is doing. Interesting. That's a good point. And I think what you're talking about does occur a little bit more on the Halong tribe. Absolutely. There's also just like more togetherness. Over on Halong, they do find a baby crab slash lobster who should be their Wait, mascot. Wait, are you are you done? Are you, you are do you have any more Ula? I have a lot of Ula. Okay. I mean Are you are we doing a hop back and forth or are we doing like Ula? Okay, let's let's go let's keep going Halong. with Ula. Let's keep going Ula. It's just how my notes are structured. My other Ula notes are on a next page, but let's keep rolling with the Ula. Um, I will say, early days, someone is singing on the Ula tribe. They're singing somewhere over the rainbow. Yes, and then someone specifically starts dog howling, like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and that's exactly what my mom did my entire life. Really? Anytime I'd start singing. Well, she even, like, is at like dinner a- the other night told you the story about, like, in middle school, I was in choir and had, like, a solo or whatever, and, like, they were surprised that I was able to sing. So, okay, let, let me, I want to hit the brakes here for a moment. So, someone is singing, mm-hmm. and you go there, arr, 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 you do, like, the, it's, like, it's supposed to be indicative of, like, you're you singing so sing. badly yeah. that you're, dogs like, dogs are howling. You're rousing you. up the alley dogs. Yeah, someone does that. And I just immediately flash back to my mother tormenting me as a child. Your parents are fucking bullies, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're low-key bullies. They're they like, certainly are. Hilarious. My dad asking me if you were okay with what I looked like. Yeah. <laughs> are you sure Cody's okay marrying someone so ugly? I mean, basically. <laughs> yeah, I know. What the fuck? Basically what my dad asked me before like, we got you, married. you seen me? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that is fun. And then, yeah, you go in the show choir and have a very nice voice. And they're like, oh, I've been like, yeah, I've been leading with my mockery. I've never actually took the time to listen to her <laughs> sing. She's good. Yep. That's my childhood. You know, I caught a Somewhere Over the Rainbow, which I love. I don't know. Love both the Willie Nelson version and the Kermit the Frog version. And when they come together, this version's okay. The but, uh, Kermit the Frog version? K- Kermit the Frog here. I think we both have pretty bad Kermit. Awful. Horrible Kermit. K- Kermit the Frog with the Sesame Street news. I feel like I used to think I have a good Kermit, but I'm hearing it in my cans and it's really bad. Uh, Kermit the Frog here. That's too high. Kermit the Frog here. Kermit the Frog here. We're both we're both off. <laughs> we're both, I'm closer, I have to say. Wow. You're just like I can't quite nail not like my old man Bruce, my classic. Your classic old man Bruce. See, you're just doing old man. I've got that particular old man Bruce Springsteen lilt to my voice. That's just you smiling when you talk. That's right, Cody. You sound just like Old man, Bruce Springsteen. You can't. My Obama's a little rough. You cannot. You Obama? cannot impersonate black people. Oba- I'm not. But the thing is, I'm not doing any type of stereotypical voice. Obama has a very particular cadence, but and he's like also a black man. Oh, okay. So just all that's ridiculous. But I, like, like, you can't take on the cadence of like just like you can't speak British. I was. I've been imitating British people this whole episode. I what know, you but you about? don't do it well. Listen. 
I'm not like if I were doing like I'm like oh I'm gonna impersonate Barack Obama then I do some broad stereotypical you know impersonation that would be offensive of an African American person that would be messed up. Barack Obama has a distinct manner of speaking. That's why it's okay to imitate him. I'm only imitating the man, not the race. Okay. On that note, <laughs> Pete, okay. let's talk about Pete. God, he's always hungry. Always talking about being hungry. But this is where we hear about the sausage story. Well, and before that, they are trying to make fire. They're yes. just doing the classic, I'm rubbing, doing the classic friction, rubbing a stick, hoping to make some fire Smoke, yes let's we of course the sausage incident god there's this two, isn't real right there's just two bizarre incidents in this episode of varying degrees and from different angles of producer meddling question mark or they don't have any shots okay so here's the thing they don't have any footage of them eating the sausages. Let's okay, we, so, we, 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 we have to explain first. As someone who maybe hasn't seen the episode. Okay. Mick, the retired police officer, who yep. is a spry 55 years old, has a toothbrush. He, I have a quote. His quote is, quote, I had six sausages wrapped in cling wrap. I'm sure you can guess where they went. When I got to four, I couldn't manage anymore. So he's implying that he snuck four sausages onto the island in his colon. Yes. He was a dirty old man shoving sausages up his ass. And he apparently could fit four of them. Which makes you them... wonder, are they like bratwurst? Are they Vienna sausage? Are they Polish sausage? Probably skinny little breakfast sausages. Yeah, like, like British little skinny... Little, little Vienna sausages, right? I don't know if that's a Vienna sausage. I think Vienna sausages are like... No, I think Vienna sausages are little tiny canned tiny sausages. Google it. Uh, not on the air. We'll do okay. it. Um, and then so like... And then... Jackie says when he got them out, he only found three. And I hope we find the last one. No shot of them eating the sausages. It's like very lighthearted. But to me, it's very unclear if. Does the show want me to actually think that this happened or is it 100 percent a joke? I think that it's just the players who are like, oh, like sitting up talking. Let's take, let's tell this crazy story about like we only Mick see... bringing sausages or like what? Why though? I just to like fuck with people or like to have a funny story or like. And you think they would allow that? And keep I it mean, in? maybe, maybe it was just like a joke. It's such an odd choice. I know, but it's such an odd choice because it's like. It's not clear if it's a joke or not. That's the thing. It's such an odd choice because you only see two people talk about it. And it's this thing of like, oh, you're saying that you had some sausages up your ass that you fed to the tribe? <laughs> what? This like, is this it can't be something that actually happened and there would have been footage. I, I know. There would have been footage of some <laughs> so, some of this at some point. I know it didn't happen, but does the show want me to think it happened? That's what I don't know. That's where my confusion starts. I can't handle it if the show actually wants you to think it happened. The show wants me to think this retired police officer had... Sausages up his ass and was just like and having amazing prostate 
stimulation oh, the entire boat ride. Mick's been like <laughs> Mick's been orgasming all morning. Constantly. His pants all sticky. Oh my god. Gone through all of his so... changes of underwear. And it's just trying to get that fourth sausage out, man. <laughs> it's really, really in there. He's having the time of his life trying to get that fourth sausage. I mean, clearly you weren't taught the trick where you tie a string around the end of the cling <laughs> the click. and yeah, then like the wrap it around your balls or something <laughs> okay. so that you have a string to have hold like on, a hold on <laughs> hit the brakes clearly mick wasn't taught the trick we were all taught <laughs> when you're smuggling sausages hashtag the sausage <laughs> smuggler which was the original name of this episode when we covered it last <laughs> oh, year okay when tying sausages up your ass, you suggest that you tie a string to one end, which seems sensible enough. Uh-huh. Don't want things lost in your colon. Exactly. <laughs> but, like, you speak with some experience, which is a little alarming. But then you think you should anchor it off to his testicles? I mean, if you're trying to, like, hide it, you don't want to just string yeah, hanging out of yeah, your asshole. rope between your balls to the sausages <laughs> in your rectum. That I mean, it'll yeah. keep them from going anywhere. <laughs> That's that is just erotic <laughs> food play at that point. That's just mixed fetish. When you take I, when you anchor off to the testicles, it's just a fetish at that point. I mean, I thought of like adding the string because I'm like, okay, tampons. You like have a string on them. Yeah, it should have. He should have a string like a tampon. But like, you can't just have the string hanging out of his butt. Well, I. Because I mean, it still have the issue of keep going further, right? Because it's your large intestine. It keeps going up and up and up. It's like a sand trip. It sucks you in. you got to right? have it anchored to something. <laughs> well, and okay. so I just envision when him he... anchoring it to his They are kind of the obvious thing. Right? right? Nearest thing. And then they would prevent him from coming, too. Exactly. It would just have, edge. like, a massive... <laughs> <laughs> crazy it, crazy like what are those like cockering things yeah, yes like... it's a cockering <laughs> listen we don't mean to be so disgusting <laughs> this is what the show led us to by implying we didn't go here last time so uh you're show. welcome listener well, i hope you uh have listened to both both of our coverage of this episode yes listen to the episodes back to back so funny Oh, my God. Let's just roll right into the other bizarre incident. Yep. A lighter washes up on the beach. <laughs> They're in the middle of the South China Sea. I don't, you know, it's a populated island to some extent. Who knows? But it's not full of water or like it's got some water and some sand, but it works and they light a fire with it. Yeah, well, it doesn't work immediately. It, 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 it the lighter rolls up and like they try to they kind of like in like weird form try to like they're not really trying to get it to light they're like pushing down on yeah. it weirdly. oh it doesn't work let's let wait. it dry out and then yeah and then cut to they have just this immaculate fire that they apparently and like oh i don't get to see them using the lighter or, to make the fire at all or like any construction of the fire and there's a throwaway line where mick is like sweatily explaining the lighter situation to the camera and he says something about peter put some oil into it what oil what type of oil what like your cooking oil the that kerosene, came maybe fucking psycho i guess that's possible right they could have used some kerosene maybe to... would that work if you put it into uh, that type I don't of lighter think so okay well okay. it's a bizarre moment it's like so so funny 
Um, and then, yeah, they have, like, some little flooding area and end up catching, like, 15 fish. Yeah, they, they like, catch three snakes and, like, oh, they have, like, God. a basket full of fish. Which Those I was... snakes are creepy as fuck. I would freak out. You're right about Mark Austin does so much, like, explaining to camera. And then other things happen so quickly. Like, yeah. the sausage thing, the lighter thing. And also, like, oh, and we have, like, a basket full of, like, 15 fish. A full fish. bucket of fish. It seems like, like... You know what they don't speed past, though, Cody? <laughs> what? Old man Mickey there at his Speedo. Hey, I found they the give a sausage. good long, a good long shot of us in uh, Speedo zone. Hashtag fourth sausage. Really glad just... for that. Sorry, I don't know why I like the like audio sound effects this time around. What, what was it? What was it? I what did you slapped my that? knee because oh, I was so tickled by old man Mickey's Speedo. I thought you, I was so tickled by my sausage joke. I said it twice over you. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you like snapped a rubber band. And my <laughs> eyes were closed. It alarmed me. Uh, so yeah. And the snake is the snake killing and uh, cutting up is pretty gnarly. Yeah. Like, have you ever eaten snake? No. Would you? you? No, I haven't. I mean, I, if I were camping out in the desert, and someone who did it for a living was cooking rattlesnake on the fire. Yeah. And made some sort of rattles. Sure. Sure. Yeah, me too. I'd try it. Totally. I'm not like. Would you eat a snake egg? Like that leathery egg that they lay? Gross. Okay. Uh, I mean, is that cooked? Do people often eat snake eggs? I don't think so. Egg. Um, it's so alien. Just that I was thinking the other day, like when eggs aren't shell when they when they have that reptilian leather quality that's very like reminiscent of like the alien eggs and alien movies can i tell you that they're just so so gnarly right when it's like like peels almost it's all thick and leathery it's scary it's fucked up all i think about as you're saying this remember like years ago you showed me that video of like the (laughs) egg laying like you gotta tell me. You gotta finish your thought because I don't know what you're referencing. Like the alien dildo that oh, like lays an egg. Yeah, the fucking crazy dildo. Yeah, like it's... some ladies like to like pleasure themselves with a dildo shaped like some crazy like alien, alien penis, dig? and it like deposits eggs inside of you. You can then push out. Yeah. Uh, that's all I thought about as you were talking about eating snake alien eggs. Oh, that's crazy. This is a really blue episode. <laughs> this is insane. I thought you were going to say that frog that has like a bunch of cups on its back, it Ugh. like lays all the little eggs on its back and then yeah. has like the little frogs bouncing like, yeah, out. Yeah, that's oh. crazy. Nature's weird as fuck. Nasty. Um, and blue starts a big time alliance. Blue time big alliance. What, what alliance on blue? I don't know. There's like some big alliance. Yeah. Let's see. Do I have anything about the lions? I think that might happen later. It's before the challenge. Is it before immunity? Yes. Because mm-hmm. I'm only talking about the things before my giant note that says, who has bonded to win? Okay. Well, I, I do. You're right. There is an alliance that does form on the blue. blue. Baby Let's blue. swap over to Halong, though. Yes. So um, they find a baby lobster slash crab. It's their mascot. And it's a perfect opportunity for whoever had that fucking... For the tweezers, for Uzma to use her tweezers to get that crab meat out. They're real messy. 
causing a hot mess. No one's taking the lead, so they're like kind of all scatter shocked all over the place, losing the compass. They lost their compass. Yeah, no it's one's like, gone for water initially. Like no, the day is there's like three on. hours until dark, and they decide to go find water with no compass. How, before that, how do you feel about JJ and this whole A-frame situation? Oh, so stupid. You don't want, like, she says she doesn't want to be bossy, but then, like, you let them do so, like, literally an entire day's worth of work. Yeah. You noticed this before it was this far. The minute you notice, you should say something. And don't say it like you're being bossy. Be like, oh, hey, I've, like, noticed that we're like starting to build an A-frame type house. This is why I think that this might work better. I don't know what you think. Like, I think it's interesting. Just fucking lay it out. Don't be like a bitch about it, but like, yeah, put your insight out there because clearly people agree with you and then are just fucking pissed that you made them work all day. Didn't help a lot. And then brought up this issue. It's interesting to me that she is more conscientious of not taking on some leadership qualities and kind of tiptoeing around being more mindful of it than like Nick is on the other tribe. Yeah. And I do think you're right. And it's even directly said to her of like, Oh, don't wait. You know, the guy who's building, it's like, Oh, say something right away next time. But it is, I think ultimately it does kind of turn out to be a nice moment of like, she does eventually say something. The guy's like, Oh, you're right say something earlier next time. Yeah. And like, oh, but the lean-to will work for tonight. And I don't know, it it resolved, it would have been worse if she hadn't said anything and nobody like blew up at her and it's like, oh, now they're going to build the A-frame tomorrow. Right. It ends up not being a big deal, but it could have been. It could have been a nail in your coffin. One thing that's interesting is they have a fresh water source that's refreshed daily. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's like 30 minutes away. Yeah. And Simon and Uzma are the people who are sent to go and find it. They spend 90 minutes getting lost, wandering around. We have, you know, different cuts to them with time jumps happening. Because they have a map, but no compass to, like, tell them which direction they're going. And, like... And it's a shitty map, too. It's not, yeah. like, a map. It's, like, a piece of parchment with, like, charcoal Pictures on, on it. it. Yeah, yeah so it's, like, like it's a, ridiculous. It's hardly a map. It's a treasure. It's, like, an old-school treasure <laughs> map. When you are, like, eight years old, Think of what you think of as a treasure map. Yeah. That's what they have to They're try like, to find their water. Literally fucking counting paces and sheds. Like, oh, it's 30 <laughs> paces this way. Pardon me. Oh, and it looks like it's down this hill. Like, yeah. They do um, eventually find it. And it's like, um, who finds it? Uzma. Uzma finds, finds it. Uzma finds it. Uzma finds it. Uzma finds it. And it's just like a hole in the ground. Super happy, though. And then the night looks fucking horrible. The 3.20 a.m. rat attack. There are people just, like, sitting up. It's like, just, yeah, sitting up, looking miserable, unhappily, quietly, just sitting around. I would just, like, like for sure bring a hoodie and tie it tight over your face, right? Yeah. And then, like, cover my body and the rest of my clothing so that, like, anything that jumps on me or, like, crawls in me or on me, I won't feel. Ugh. I think you got it. Like, okay, do you want to cuddle up with other people? Or do their movements frighten you? Because you think it might be like, oh, Eric hand brushing is a rat. Or is it like, know. let's cuddle together because it just feels better to be huddled as humans against the rats. 
And I think you just don't want to fuck with the rats, right? Once you start like lashing out at them, they're gonna like get nasty and bite. Oh you. god! But these are like island rats, you know? These they're are just not friendly. Used to dealing with people, these giant things that are coming to their island, which is maybe. Good, but they're not like dirty New York city, city rats. rats. These are like friendly natural rodents. Let's right? have like little pet rats, kind yeah. of rats. I don't know. Train them and bring you coconuts. Wouldn't that be great? I mean, if I've learned anything, they're great cooks. Um, so JJ is like the only person who slept. Yes. Uh, there's apparently like also like roaches and snakes and shit. Uh, I know. Um, I couldn't handle it. Everyone's hungry, including JJ. Um, someone is like, oh, I'm always dizzy. Some lady. I don't maybe it's not Jackie because she's on the other tribe. But someone just like throws out like, I'm kind of dizzy, but I'm always dizzy. Maybe not something to like be leading with as you're making your first impressions. Simon's like, I have this crunching, gnawing feeling like yeah, describing like, hunger. Speaking to like, oh, like the real hunger versus like, we've all thought we felt hunger, but this is the real deal. Someone's getting sick, but I don't know who that is. Yeah, somebody spews. I also am totally not sure who it was. Probably the dizzy lady. And then they catch a little fish and this becomes a little bit of tension. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. Who is it? Do we do we know who gets upset? I don't have uh, Charlotte. Charlotte. Charlotte is upset about it. I agree with Charlotte here, right? Yeah, they're like slowly killing this fish, putting it in a bowl of water, trying to figure out what to like. It's getting like tossed around. Yeah, it's like, like being washed up on the shore and back out. And it's like, oh, we're going to use it. It's like initially they catch it. It's too small. We're going to use it as bait. What are you going to use it as bait for? You don't have fucking fish and stuff. It doesn't need to be alive no, to use it as bait. No, either kill it or put it back in the ocean and be done. Like, 100%. One or two. Um, but yeah, it is kind of like hard to watch. Yeah, she's like, oh, it's so cruel. I can't bear it. Um, and she's in the purple bikini, but I'm mm -hmm. purple bikini pride. Um, they do struggle to make a fire. They have kerosene, but talk uh, about Caroline. Caroline, yes. Get the Caroline. Caroline. Um, and they're pretty much up to like 8.30 trying to get the fire going. Once they have some smoke and sparks going, then they get the caroline to kind of, like, because you can't use it too early, of course, because it's just like a quick accelerant. I, I think it's just cooking oil. Isn't I don't know. It just can cooking you, oil? Can you use? I don't think it's anything to do with helping the fire. So it's not kerosene. No. Because, yeah, kerosene is a different, it's like for lamps and shit, Maybe, right? Maybe, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck it is. But they're saying get the caroline. Is it for, for cooking, for eating? Because they like, end the, up cooking some rice. Like, like oh, we really like, need to cook some rice quick? Essentially, like, ringing the dinner bell. Maybe. Get the caroline. <laughs> Someone clarify this for us, please. Uh, you know, I'm Our just, sloppy, ridiculous podcast just needs some help. It occurs to me that these are probably the same exact points that we were confused on six months ago. Um. Yeah, they cook up some rice. They're happy. I know, right? <laughs> Um, and someone says, oh, today was a fantastic day. And it's just like, again, I feel like there's like a scene missing. Like I, I need, I, why not show me a little bit more of the fire construction? Editing's like, interesting. Yes. Editing is certainly interesting. The things you're withholding from me make me a little bit nervous. And maybe it's because I'm looking for it. Maybe other survivors do this and it's edited for time and clarity, whatever. But I don't know. But at that should we roll into the immunity challenge? I think we're ready to immunity up. The funny thing about the reward challenge is that we cut to Mark Austin. Immunity. Immunity. There is no reward challenge yes. this episode. 
the funny thing about immunity is we cut to Mark Austin in documentary style explaining what immunity is and all that shit, which is fine. Mm -hmm. But then we don't cut to immunity right away, which feels kind of messy. I feel there's like all this other stuff at both tribes before the challenge. Doesn't feel like great editing. No. And then especially with how lackluster the challenge ends up being itself. Yeah. It just seems like all disappointment from here on out. There's this funny line of uh, like the eagle and the snake are locked in perpetual battle. And that's what the challenge and the the tribes are based off of. Yeah. I guess so. And it's just like. There's a little bit of discussion at Blue as far as like who can be trusted and early scheming. I feel like Zoe is a part of that early alliance you were talking about. Mm-hmm. But I don't know who the other members are. Pete, maybe? Some fellas. Yeah. Definitely some fellas. Over on Blue, though, um, Jane feels as though... Red, you mean? Yes, over on Red. You're good. Over on Halong, the eagle, the mighty <laughs> eagle. Uh, Jane, there's like... we open It's going with... fucking crazy. Well, and she's like... You know, there's really no friction over here. We're all good. And then cut to two people immediately talking about wanting to vote her out because she's, yes, insane. She um, says to one guy who is not the same ethnicity of her, and it feels significant because of other comments she makes. She's like, oh, you're a funny little man, aren't you? Very weird condescending thing to say. Talks about someone's blue toenails. Calls her Miss Blue Toenails. And then, like, talks about her coloring, being like, oh, that can't be your, your natural. natural coloring. Like, what are you? Why are you, what color, why are you colored like that? Jesus. Um, Not a good look, Jane. Lots of, like, oh, I didn't, was it just me? And, like, calling Jane bitchy. Just, like, real turning against Jane going on. Absolutely. Um, and then there's also this thing of like Jane kind of like nominates Mike as a candidate to be voted for, hmm. but then is like not being forthcoming of like, oh, I'm going to keep it to myself. Maybe who I'm going to vote for, which is a very funny attitude to take on Survivor whatsoever. I hear you. I don't know who Mick is. Mick is... or Mike, because Mick is on a different tribe than Jane. Maybe, do we have a mic? No, there's Adrian, Uzma, Simon, JJ, James, Andy, and Charlotte. I have enough Jane. Jane nominates Mike. Hmm. I don't know what I'm talking about. No, neither do I. And she does mention, like, she does get, like, cagey about telling a lady about who she's voting for, right? Yeah. Okay. Which is something, like, I think you, just, you would never see that in modern Survivor. Someone being asked who they're voting for. And they either have an answer or say, I don't know. But no one would be like, well, I'm just going to keep it. I'm not going to tell you. That's, right. Yeah. I'm that's keep fucking that weird. to myself. <laughs> it's like, I know who I'm voting for, but I'm just not going to say Mary Poppins. <laughs> <laughs> so immunity. Who has bonded enough to win? <laughs> they what? That's what the host says. Mm. Who has bonded enough as a tribe to win? I wish Mary Poppins hosted survivor uk oh diddly squink <laughs> yeah, i feel like what you were doing a minute ago was spot on and oh mary poppins you're going like kind of scottish now i okay i hope while we cover survivor uk that the new doctor 
is announced oh, during our coverage. Wouldn't that be amazing? And I hope it's fucking David Tennant. Wouldn't it be amazing Sir if David Tennant returned to the I'd be I'd be on board. I don't know. I don't know how that's gonna make sense in Doctor Who World. Yeah, you can make anything make sense. All right. Well, let's get back onto the show that we're actually covering. Um, they um, each have to they have to swim out to a raft that yes. has a bunch of fire on it. The rafts weigh over two hundred pounds apiece. Ooh, those be heavy rafts. Swim out to the raft and then have to get the raft back to shore while lighting torches. And then there are also torches on shore that they have to carry in light. Yes, still then, carrying the raft, which I will remind you weighs over 200, 200 pounds. 200 pounds, and, dripping wet. <laughs> so, uh, and you can't miss, do not miss a torch. You're going to want to remember that. Don't, don't miss a torch. It'll be a big deal if you don't miss it. Don't do it. Now, the giant, looming, somewhat ominous, but very cool Malaysian fire spirit statue that they're doing this in the shadow of. Yes, they're waiting for the Shadow Man, and while they wait for Shadow Man... <laughs> what are you talking about? They're waiting for the Shadow Man. <laughs> they're doing it in the shadow of the Malaysian Fire Spirit. Yes, and while the Malaysian Fire Spirit Man, which is why they were waiting for the Spirit Man, Fire Man... Um, looms over them they have to run up and light him on yeah fire. oh yeah yeah yes you have to that's how you end it yes. you have to light the, the spirit just shadow looking at me like i'm crazy well it's like you like I, where is this meandering <laughs> sentence are you i don't know what's going on with you it's going to they need to wrap this episode world. up i think is what I'm okay realizing. so, so uh, i do just want to say it looks like it'd be extremely fucking easy to burn yourself doing this challenge does it not i mean if while you're swimming with this raft and you have to light these I mean, you're torch. pretty far away from the flame. I think it'd be so easy to burn yourself. You're in water. What are you going to do? <laughs> you'd not light yourself on fire, but burn yourself. I exactly. Mean, again, so you're in water. Yeah, I'm in water and I'm holding a torch reaching out to light another thing on fire while swimming. And there's this raft here. That I, has fire and could light on fire. And knowing myself, fire. I would definitely like burn my bicep very bad burn your bicep you'd burn the person in front of you yeah, i would definitely accidentally <laughs> light mick's hair on fire i thought mick was bald well he uh, will be after this challenge i love it, it. Uh, i didn't say what kind of hair um what <laughs> this red is initially ahead this looks really tough um and yeah it's like yeah that's not they super... run with the torches they're pretty much neck and neck red pulls ahead slightly simon on red climbs up and like can't, can't light it forever what for, is literally yes. forever and then nick closes up behind and i don't know yeah, how si does. how does simon fuck this up like I, what is he not some nick lights it in front of him somehow he had a but, full 30 yeah. seconds a minute lead he was real tired and just couldn't reach uh but the real travesty halong is all sad it's their darkest moment at some point <laughs> one of the torches didn't get lit well and like oh yes <laughs> some torch got missed apparently apparently Not at that some we point we didn't see that it wasn't on <laughs> video it's such an anticlimactic moment no and it's then like, the other team starts cheering and the other team looks sad it's like when fucking uh what's that movie about dancing uh with the stars 
in the stereo. I want to dance with somebody. Uh, there's a movie Dirty about Dancing? L.A. and it's a musical and it's like it's that moment at the Oscars where it's like, oh, the dancing movie won. And they all come up and it's like, actually, Moonlight won. Get out of here. This other movie won. And it's just like everyone's confused and it's very anticlimactic. It felt like that to me. Yeah. But Blue loses and they have to go to fucking tribal. Blue confusedly walks into the sunset and Red stays to celebrate and worship the sun god, the fire god. Yes. And we basically shake it out to Jackie versus Nick. Well, yes. Hashtag <laughs> McKellen's toothpaste. Um, let's see. Blue is reflective about their lost. Jackie's kind of bouncing back. There is some talk of a boy versus girl alliance on the Oolong tribe. Oh, yeah. Um, the tribe is turning against Jackie, who, you know, all this talk of, like, she's just been sick. Is she dead weight? And now this funny thing starts to happen where... There was mostly positive talk of Nick as the leader at the beginning of the episode. And now there's a lot of annoyance. Oh, at... he's so bossy. Uh, he just talks so much. I know. He just doesn't give anyone else a chance. All things that were completely not the mood at the beginning of the episode. It's a, like a real case of like British, you know, like kind of being like buttoned up, not really like wearing their emotions on their sleep, passive aggressive, maybe. Okay. We call um, that Minnesota nice here. We do. We have it all over. Um, the host explains what tribal is. And here's the three. You, at tribal, you are held accountable. You will be voting. And someone is going home. Those are the three certainties of tribal. Just like survive the vote, survive the island, survive each other earlier. He likes things in threes. He knows how comedy works. He also knows how celebrities die. Yeah, in threes. Um, and on the way to tribal, <laughs> there's a quick time for... Uh, a little time mud to, bath? Time to bathe in the active mud volcano. Why did some, like, <laughs> put a little mud, some totally coated themselves, and some of them, some of them were like, mm, fuck this shit, I'm not touching that mud. It's like, is it like Mick and Jackie are really on board for fucking weird shit? The producers are like, I want you two to tell this sausage ass story, and I want you to bathe in mud. And no, everyone else is like, no, I'm not going to do the sausage thing, and I'll put some mud on me. But they're like gung-ho on both. She like flips her hair over and like dumps it over her head and is like completely coated. Mick too is very muddy. Also some younger dude who wears glasses is also really coated. I don't know if that's Richard or Pete. I think it is Richard. Cool. So we roll into tribal and there's some great tribal. Music. Oh my God. Yes. This music fucking bops. I want to go back and record some of it to use in the pod. I really love that that's the first and only thing that we're both really excited about. It's really flute heavy and almost like snake charmer-esque. Yeah. It's fucking on point. Um, This is where I have my Zoe is intense looking look. That note. cowboy hat. Zoe is really unique looking. I really like Zoe's face. She kind of looks like like an Aussie badass or something. Yeah, she does. But she's from UK. Yeah. Others are, yeah, people just covered in mud. Some partially, some 100%, as we said. The host <laughs> asked two questions. <laughs> two very short, simple questions that are answered very quickly and then straight to vote. One of them being... I, I know that Mick ends up asking, answering one of the questions as like, we can't lose Nick. Nick is essential to the tribe. I don't think Nick should be lost. But you're right. It's very, very quickly thrown to voting. 
such a contrast to modern Survivor. Well, they're, they'll spend like 15 minutes talking. Trying to get every ounce of chatter out of you. Um, let's see. We see two votes for... Three votes for Jackie in this point. Um, Mick says he's really, really sorry for having to vote for Jackie. And Richard, when he votes for Nick, is like, he doesn't say please. He doesn't say thank you. Yeah, that's that's why he voted for him. It's such a so like, funny, such a concise pointed. He doesn't say please. He doesn't say thank you. Mm-hmm. And then the votes come in. First couple for Jackie. First three for Jackie, right in a row, right? I think so. Three in a row for Jackie. And then Nick gets a vote, and he has the smile on his face. Then he gets three more votes and he goes through like all the stages of grief because <laughs> then by the fifth vote again, he's back to acceptance and that mm. sly smile. He has the same exact look on his face for vote one and vote five. Mm. You're good at tracking the face arc when people start going through the process of being voted out. <laughs> You're always really keyed into that. I love it. And uh, he's out of there. Host is very low energy. He started out the episode good, and he kind of lost me as the episode went on. And if I remember from our previous coverage, I think that is a thread theme, that's yeah. pulled over. Um, we get a nice close up on Nick's face. Um, yeah, we do. Yeah, and he kind of he feels like he messed up. Then he's like, "Oh, I was a little too much of a control freak. Maybe I like elements from my life i allowed to like come into play in a way that wasn't good which is maybe a not good thing about your life bro <laughs> um and then okay yeah it's like he was too dictatorial um and he left the fucking machete on the boat he left the machete on the boat he was too dictatorial and he couldn't light the fire failure three strikes you're out of there nicky boy and I think that's it for episode one. Now, I will say I do enjoy the survival aspect of this season so far. What so do you far. mean? Like, just, like the... the just the when they're hanging back at camp and we get that shotage. I like it. It's cool. What I'm you, in for it. The shotage. I don't I just like I'm... them hanging out at camp. I like their camp life info. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it does, I think that documentary vibe that we've been talking about adds to that, right? Of, like, the roughing it nature, it feeling more survival-based. Totally. Well, we will be back... In a double fortnight. <laughs> in a quadruple double fortnight. Hashtag fortnight means question mark. No, we're hoping to do this every two weeks. Ideally, every Friday, every other Friday. Um, and we'll work through seasons one and two. Yeah, we look forward to you, UK. <laughs> we do look forward to you, UK. Uh, and oh, uh, yeah, hashtag revive survivor UK. Follow Peter, the revive survivor UK man, on Twitter. Follow us at INT Survivor Cast. Check out our sister pod, the one and only Batching Castle Cast, the only ABC's Castle and Bachelor Nation recap podcast. You Literally love, the only one. <laughs> you love my like until you take it over. Thank Look you. Look for the peanut butter pod and jelly cast, my peanut butter and jelly review podcast coming out soon. And tune in as we try to catch up and keep up with this insane new season of Australia that's dropping four season four episodes a week and it's ridiculous. Kappa? Kappa?
Bye.